0: That's everylife.com, and don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
1: Hey everyone, welcome to From the Kitchen Table, I'm Sean Duffy, along with my co-host for the podcast, my partner in life, and my wife, Rachel Campos Duffy. It's great Hi, to be
0: back, Sean. We got a we got a special guest today.
1: She's it's a recurring guest on the show. It's Most always weird. special
0: when your firstborn shows up to the podcast. That's
1: right. <laughs> hey, Iveta uh, Duffy Alfonso, is that what we're calling you now, Duffy Alfonso?
0: You'll yeah. always exactly. be a Duffy to us.
2: <laughs> yeah.
0: Oh boy, I mean, So last week we had you on, and we sort of touched on that whole Stanley Cup phenomenon and what was happening in in social media. For young girls. And then you, of course, take this to the next level. You write an incredible piece in the Federalist about how these trends are actually erasing what, what became sort of a really fun phase of life for girls, which is your tween years. Um, we used to see tween, um, sort of merchandise in, in stores like Claire. And what are some of the other between stores, we used to see that we don't see any more data. And there
3: was justice and limited to uh, yes, Just justice. Justice was completely failed. Um, and then I think it was bought by Walmart. So if you go into Walmart, you'll see a tiny little justice section. But there used to be mega justice stores in malls across America. Yeah. And they're, they're not existent now. And part of this trend, and, and, and I think it's a really great
0: hypothesis that you have, is that as social media has increased... And become more influential and more ubiquitous, that young girls are no longer aspiring to be like their friends. The social media influencers are generally quite a bit older, so in their 20s. And so they're no longer aspiring to have things that teeny boppers, as we used to call her, or tweeny boppers used to have. They now want the products and the the look
3: um that 20-year-olds have. So am I getting that right, Evita? Yeah, I think that the transition from childhood to adulthood used to be a lot gentler. I think a lot of you, you sort of yes. only start to wear maybe lip gloss and then maybe you're, and you maybe dress a little more adult. Like you're not in little doll clothes, but, but they're not, you know, what a, what a 20 year old woman would wear. Uh, and now because of the influencer world and because young girls don't really have that gentle move into adulthood, they're actually trying to emulate 20 year old influencers. Mm. We've completely gotten rid of the tween and even teenage era. So we, you're seeing now 10-year-olds buying and using uh, adult makeup, skincare, clothing, because that's what they've been influenced to do. Uh, you, you, there's Sephora employees who say that they've actually seen... Nine year old coming into their store asking for really harsh anti-aging skincare products because they're hearing about it on TikTok. And obviously a nine year old doesn't need a chemical peel, but they want it because they're getting force fed, uh, this, this, uh, this, this TikTok, uh, consumerism. So
0: l- can we just play one of these Sephora video? Hey, let me, let me play a video here from one of the Sephora. And there's many of these, by the way, but this is just one example of Sephora employees sort of sounding the bell on this trend.
2: These 10 year old girls at Sephora are crazy, but what's crazier are the parents that aren't parenting. So the other day when I was working, we were kind of busy, so um, the line was kind of long and this little girl walks up to me and her basket is literally overflowing. Like the amount of products that were in there, she had to have been maybe nine, 10, maybe 11 years old, but regardless, definitely way too young to be shopping at Sephora. And I start grabbing the items out so I could scan them. And before I can start, she goes, wait, I have two perfumes on hold. Can you get those two? And I'm like, yeah, of course. What's your name? So I go grab her perfumes. And then she goes, can you scan those first so I can see how much they are? So I proceed to scan the two perfumes. And the two perfumes alone came out to dollars $300. $300 three three hundred dollars so after she saw the price of the two perfumes i guess that was that wasn't enough so she was like okay yeah you can scan the rest of the items in the basket she's by herself so i'm kind of just like who's with her like did she come with a sister a friend her mom like who is this little girl with so i finished scanning all her products and her total came out to almost nine hundred
1: I think it's fascinating that you have a a child go into a Sephora store and want to spend $900 on perfume and then skincare. To your point, a lot of these kids, they have baby faces. They are babies. Skin peels and skincare for a nine and 10 and 11-year-old is outrageous. And and, and tell me if I'm wrong on this. There was a, a time where parents had some pretty decent control. Yes, They might see, you know, different magazines of, you know, 17 or is it Mademoiselle, whatever you got? Cosmo. Cosmo, whatever. They might see some of those, but they're flipping through pictures and they knew it was, they're looking at a magazine that was for people that were older, but they were, you know, felt pretty cool looking at that, that themselves, but they weren't compelled to engage in behavior that might be behavior for a 17, 20 year old, 25 year old. That wasn't the case. And parents had a lot of control over that. And again, to your point, Rachel, they oftentimes looked up their friends.
0: Or their um, friend's sister, their, older sister, maybe. It was their
1: social sphere of people that they knew in their school or in their neighborhood or in their community. Well, now with social media, um, these influencers are talking directly to the kids and Yes, that's in, the right, difference. And they, Good point, they, and they don't have the mental capacity to judge whether this is a Wait, if, you have, if you had a 9-year-old or a 10-year-old or an 11-year-old, um, you know the mental capacity that they have. They think they want something. They think they need something because this influencer told them. And they'll try to move hell or high water to get these products. And as a parent, you don't know where it, but I had some confusion with some of our younger girls. Where is this coming from? What, who, what's driving these asks from these kids? Um, and I think it's a, far more, it's a far more challenging environment for a parent to try to navigate these trends and influences that our kids are now being inundated with because these influences are talking directly to them about products that they need, which we all know that they don't. Yeah, they I,
3: don't. I, think, yeah. I think it's worth mentioning, and we kind of talked about this last week, but the way that advertising has changed, um, and Michael and I, my husband and I were actually discussing how, you know, back in your day or even back in our day growing up, you know, we were we were advertised to maybe in, in television ads, but it's in the family room. And so your parents can see it. Um, you saw billboards. Right. I mean, the the advertising um, was much more out in the open. Uh, I You know, I would see, you know, just justice ads uh, in magazines, maybe. But a magazine is is tangible and it's in your home. Now people are young kids are being targeted with advertisements and their parents have no idea because it's on your phone. And so I could have my phone like this and we're in the living room and you have no idea what I'm looking at. And there's a really, there's a, a good movie that I, I hope we talk about, but it's called 13 going on 30 where a young girl is 13 years old and she wants to be 30 and she actually wakes up as a 30 year old but there's an interesting part in the movie where she's she's looking at this mag- is the Jennifer
0: Evita Evita this is for people who don't remember this or haven't heard of the film this is the Jennifer Garner film it's actually a really great movie by the way if you want I'll, I'm always looking for good movies to watch with my girls and this is a good one it's fun it's got a great message Jennifer Garner's in it so continue
1: or, and the dad too by the way I like chick flicks as well like the yeah, it sure does look a good <laughs> gym. Cook. It's true. But
0: that's yeah. like his, like, thing, things you don't know about Lumberjack Sean Duffy is he actually really likes chick
3: flicks. Please. Okay, go ahead. Well, she, she's just in her room and she's, she's looking through this magazine and she's looking through the, these adult women. And she says to her mom, I want to look like these women. And then her mom goes up to her and she goes, Oh, honey, those aren't people. Those are models. And she sort of checks her. <laughs> This is not, this is not normal. These are, these are touched up. These are, this is not, this is not a real person. And I just thought it was a great, uh-huh. great way that her mom was able to look at what she was viewing because it was in her hands and say, Oh, let me bring you back to reality. You don't really want to look like that. And they don't even really look like that. Uh, and, and I, and now you cannot, you can't have those parental moments because of how, because of how uh, the phone makes things so, so insular and, and not, and not very out in the open. And I also think, again,
0: the power of, you know, somebody who is, you know, very, you know, pretty or popular on social media, and by the way, probably has a filter going on as well, talking directly to you, responding to messages and comments that you might have, you know, that as a, a young girl is sending to this person, they're creating this faux connection and it's all meant to sell them things. And the girls are sadly falling for it. Now we, we talked a, a little bit, Sean Vida, about these 20 something and older influencers. But another really sort of dangerous trend that I'm seeing, I think it's very alarming is the daughters or the Nepo children, right? Of the very rich and famous, like Kanye and Kim Kardashian's daughter, um, North, uh, for Northwest. example, who Northwest, that's right, who has her now she's coming out with her own skincare line. She's what? 11 years old. Um th- by the way
1: if, if Rachel had named that child she would have named her Southwest.
0: Yeah, cuz I am from the Southwest. Southwest. <laughs> <laughs> I only name my kids Christian names. So that wouldn't have worked for me. But I think that this for I mean there's this is wrong on all kinds of levels. First of all, Northwest's um lifestyle, her access to money Do, how, um,
1: is no, Northwest she's 10. Is,
0: nine she, is she eleven? So Avita nine, eleven. I don't know how old she is, but she's 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 young. She's not a teenager. Why don't you look I, that up in a I, second? I, yeah, she's I'll not even a teenager. I think she's she's 10. a tweener. I think. Um. So she's so. First of all, her lifestyle is so like not relatable. Shouldn't be relatable to most little girls. Um. And now she, of course, has her mom, her her aunts, who all have like these you know billion dollar lines of clothes and makeup, and so now she's entering the skincare uh, area. And she's, I mean, the idea that a, an 11 or nine year old, what is she? Uh, 10, did we figured it out she has, yet? She, she's she, 10. 10. She's 10. 10. That 10, 10 year old needs a skincare line is crazy. She you has a
1: hundred, she has uh, uh, 560,000 Instagram followers. Right.
0: Yeah. She has half a million Instagram followers is probably going to keep growing. Cause now her, now that she has something to sell, her mom is probably going to keep mm. pushing this as well. And it, it it sends the message, one, that you need a skincare line at that age. By the way, every, every 50 year old wants to have the skin of a 10 year old. It's really bizarre. Like, you know, just, it's so stupid, but it is, it's, it's powerfully, um, enticing to these young girls. And, and, and it's making them, not just the money, it's making them wildly insecure, thinking about things that they shouldn't be thinking of at 10 years old. You should be thinking about. Climbing a tree, or going to Girl Scouts, or going to you know your soccer team. I hope you're but, not
1: going to Girl Scouts anymore. But yeah, you, Girl Scouts you, got ruined too. You might play but, with Barbies. You might you you, yeah. you you might be riding your bikes with your friends. There's a whole bunch of things ten and eleven year old girls and boys do that's not on their phone looking at, and they are these showing, and
0: they're and we're finding study after study that these young girls younger and younger they're becoming more and more insecure on their self-esteem is suffering because they're comparing themselves to people who are filtered people who are much older people who are much richer people in, instead of just at this point just blossoming and becoming who they're supposed to be
3: yeah and i'll just i'll just add that um there's a uniformity to the way that social yeah. media is impacting young people so if you there's a, it's, it's a joke, but there'll they'll be actually if Barstool Sports has had like a couple videos where they'll record a bunch of college age girls as they're walking to a walking to a party or they're walking to class and they're all wearing the same thing. Like they all have the black leggings, the UGG boots and the white sweatshirt. Like it's all the same. And it's really kind of weird. And you're seeing that with a lot of young girls too. And in this, between years, I think it's really important that you start to sort of find yourself. You're sort of starting to figure out what are my interests? What are my hobbies? How do I want to dress? I mean, the emo phase that a lot of people went through in the early 2000s was like, a, is a way of self-expression and differentiating yourself from other young people. But what social media has done now is to fit in, you have to sort of be a part of and buy into this really uniform way of dressing, of looking and of acting, which I think is really it's killing a lot of the self-expression and creativity that is really important at that age.
1: We'll have more of this conversation after this.
0: That's everylife.com. And don't forget to use promo code Duffy10 for an exclusive 10% discount on your first order today.
1: You know, So, so a, a couple of things come to mind. So, uh, I, again, our young girls uh, don't have um, a yeah, phone. We have a 15-year-old who doesn't have a phone. But what I, I find interesting is, again, we mentioned before, they can access an older yeah. sibling's phone or we have computers in the house that they can try to grab and access social media, but they're not with it yeah. all the time as if they had a phone uh, to to themselves. But their friends who do have phones and are on this all the time are conduits for this information to to kids mm-hmm. that don't have phones from the kids that do have phones. So there's one phenomenon that makes this really challenging to parent through. But the other is, it's, it's become so easy to buy stuff online with a phone. Mm. Most of the time, if you didn't have a, uh, you know, one of these stores that tweens, tweeny kids like, they they could they couldn't get it, they couldn't access it because they didn't have a store in their community. They didn't have a mall that they were close to that they could go to, and and find these outlets. Well, now with um with the way our phones work, it becomes really simple if you don't have a store just to buy the stuff online or to follow a link that they found uh, one of the social media influencers, you know, pitches on the product. And I, again, I can't, I, I've 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 got rid of a lot of liberal, um, content in our house, like Disney plus we've gotten rid of and others, but I'm kind of reliant. We're reliant on Amazon and mm-hmm. Amazon and others have made it so easy just to click a couple buttons and boom, the stuff is coming to your house. I've been a couple of times where I'm like, what's in my, what's in my Amazon cart from the kids that they're putting stuff in that they think I might.
0: Like, yeah. I mean, you think you're just pushing purchase for yourself. You just bought a bunch of stuff for them you're like, what don't how, to, happen. how do I stop this? There's Comes
1: in, I'm like, who bought this? I'm like, hey, you did, Dan. I'm like, why oh, did you put it in my cart? <laughs> so now I then I'm like, did Rachel put this in, or did the kids put it in? So I then have to save it for later. Um, but again, the ease of which you get yeah. the information and the ease of which you can purchase it um, is remarkable. And the question I have was, some of the, I mean, this stuff's not cheap. How do these kids have the money? How do yeah. the parents have the money to fund these ridiculous? I mean, unnecessary skin products, Evita, for these little for these little for these little girls who don't
0: need it. Or even if they did have the money, why would they allow yeah. them to it's spend odd. their money in that way? Something that's so unnecessary that's only feeding these insecurities that young girls um are gonna have anyway. Uh why would you wanna you know, magnify that? And and then this consumerism, which is another part. And then I think you brought up such a great point, Evita. The the sort of homogenization of it all, like that you're Th- they all want to be like these people that they see on social media instead of learning to be who they're
1: meant to what be. But individuals, we don't like individualism, Avita. We like to all look and act the same. Like we're a we're, herd. We're good little communists. we been taught <laughs> in school. Dress the same children. Think the same thing children. Yeah, I know this can right. be individual.
3: Individual. maybe in a slide and it's not super related to, to young girls particularly, but there, I, maybe I mentioned this before too, but I have loved in American history, how because we're such a big country, uh, things are really regional. There's a regional culture in Wisconsin that's not the same as it is in New Jersey. That's not the same as it is in California or Texas. It's all very unique and distinct. There, there used to be a time where you would go to the, to the East coast and then the West coast and the accents were starkly different to the point where, oh, there was almost an English accent on, on on the east coast or a scottish accent in appalachia that you could quite, sort of pick up on and with social media because of of how widespread it is we're losing a lot of the distinct mm-hmm. cultural differences that i think used to really define america and make us a really interesting country and now um all we get is whatever's trending on tiktok and i just i, I find that kind of sad that's actually happening globally. I mean, and, and we, and to be fair, we've been seeing this for
0: a while. You know, people, you know, complain about going to the wall of China and seeing a McDonald's nearby, you know, or whatever. Like, you know, we're seeing, um, but, but, but it's amplified, right? Starbucks on every corner. It doesn't matter if you're in Berlin or, or Madrid or, you know, like you still, you're, it's losing, losing that regional or national yeah. flavor. Um, that's happening, but it it is sad to see it happening on, on, on the youth scale. I want to move into sort of a related, a related topic. Um, I saw this. This was really fascinating to me because there are now a lot of girls who are influencers. So you don't just have to be, um, you know, Northwest to be an influencer. You could be a girl from Iowa or Massachusetts who starts an account. And, and if you have enough people following you, you're, you're an influencer. You've got, you'll have, uh, different companies will reach they out to you depending on how many followers you have. What? Yeah. You, you can realize. make, you can make, yeah, you can make some, you can make some pretty, pretty good money. And,
1: um, um and you so, so you keep start talking to this podcast. I will take a break. We'll get in out that that came in. And so you guys keep going. The, yeah. I'll the be right the back. microwave
0: came in <laughs> and, the and the kitchen table the guys in the, in the kitchen are texting down. <laughs> going, texting me. We need your help. Um, I'm going to continue this to be that because, um, because this is really interesting. So you don't have to be northwest, you can be somebody from Iowa, from Massachusetts, you can be an influencer, you can have followers. And there are also some children who are being born into influencer families. So their parents have figured out that they can make um a lot of money and show- showcasing the kids through their YouTube channel or their Instagram channel um is 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 a lucrative way for the family to make money. And, um, our producers came across the story, which I thought was was fascinating um this is a girl she calls herself Claire Evita. It's not her real name; she's using a protected name, and actually, she says as she, when she gets older and she's sort of over the age of eighteen, she plans to divulge who she is um to kind of explain how traumatizing this can be and how stunting this can be. so this is what Claire says she says um." that when the family's channel started to rake in views, both her and her parents, uh, both her parents left their jobs because the revenue from YouTube channel was enough to support the family and to land them a nicer house and a new car. And she says that she thinks it's not fair that she has to help support everyone. She says, I try not to be resentful, but I kind of am. Once she said she, uh, she told her dad that she didn't want to do a YouTube video anymore, And he told her that they would have to move out of their house and her parents would have to go back to work, leaving no money for nice, quote, nice things. When the family is together, the YouTube channel is what they talk about. Claire says her father has told her he's not just her father. He's also her boss. She says it's a lot of pressure. She says that when she turns 18 and can move on her own, as I said, she's she's considering going no contact with her parents. Once she doesn't live with them anymore, she plans to speak out publicly about being the star of a YouTube channel. She says she'll even use her real name. Um, she wants people to know that her childhood was overshadowed by social media stardom and that it's something she didn't choose. She wants her parents to know nothing they do now is going to take back the years of work that she had to put into it with her family. Um, it's really fascinating, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's super fascinating to me Having done reality TV in my 20s, um, growing up, Evita, we have been offered, you know this, probably, I would say, a dozen times, at least, um, from different production companies, different networks, has said, we want to do a reality TV show with your family, because, you know, dad was in Congress, mom was on, you know, TV, we had nine kids, and oh my gosh, this would be a great thing and something intuitively inside of our gut, in Sean and I's gut. We knew we could make a lot of money doing this, and we just said, we know too much from having done reality TV. We thought it would really hurt you guys, that we thought it would disrupt your childhood and make you so self-aware in such a negative way, that naturalness that kids have would be gone.
1: Well, I'm back. Welcome back, Sean.
0: Welcome back, Sean.
1: (laughs) To, To be really honest about that conversation, when asked, Rachel said no, and I said, "How much?" <laughs> that <a> conversation. <laughs> uh, that's true. But in the yeah, end, yeah, the when we is, would talk about we it, we you agreed. Know, yeah, we don't want to treat the kids out.
3: Yeah. Yeah, yeah I I think. That a reality show is almost a little worse than a YouTube video because at least the parents have some control over what's going out. But I, the, the effect on kids is, is very similar and very concerning. And I wouldn't have yeah. liked that growing up. And I have a lot of sympathy for the amount of influencer children who, who have to grow up like this. They'll, influencer videos oftentimes, I mean, they're promoting products and it's their day to day lives, but oftentimes they'll have a video around someone's birthday party and a video around a trip to the Mall of America or a trip to Disney. And instead of these trips and experiences and life moments being about the moment, it's about the video. And we have to say something or Mm -hmm. act and look excited so that the video is successful. And it it means that for a lot of these kids, like their life is constantly on, that they're constantly basically working and not just enjoying themselves and being a kid. Which I think is really damaging. On top of the fact that most of them aren't aren't getting paid, there are no labor laws around influencer children and how they should be compensated for the work they do. And they are doing work because their parents are ma- videoing and producing, but they are they are the content. They're the talent uh, in a way. And so, really backward. I think it's a really big problem in our society, and there's probably going to end up being legislation on how how to handle it because there's going to be a lot of kids coming forward saying that there, there have been-, been childhood. There
0: have been outtakes, um, from what this looks. So you see the final product of the Instagram video of the birthday party, say. And I don't know how these outtakes have ended up on, on TV. If it was, you know, on, on social media, if it was by accident.
1: Oh, are you Children talking about the video?
0: Well, I'm, I've seen like the outtakes of the moms going, like, come on, smile. It's like a birthday party. And they're like, come on, smile. Let's, blah, blah, blah.
3: Well, and so, you know, go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, there was a really horrible video that went viral last month about a mom who she, I think it's it's like the second time it's gone viral. The dog had died or they had put the dog down and she was recording her son crying. And the mom had was basically saying, you know, I saw this. Act like you're sad. And he was like, I am sad. And she's like, act like you're more sad. And this is a really raw moment. Their family dog has died. And the first thing she can think of is, I'm going to put a camera in front of your face and make sure that you're acting sad enough for. And he were- was crying. He, yes, the kid was-, was crying, actually. What, so Adina, sat- how did that end
0: up? How did that end up on TV? Like, wh- did that, uh, Clearly, that mom did not post that, did
3: she? she did. So what happened was she had she had failed to review her edited video and didn't actually cut that part of it out. So she uploaded it herself. And then didn't actually, you know, ha- hadn't realized that she had put this part in that she didn't want. And the backlash from people was really stark. They thought this was disturbing and weird. It was. She, she had to take down all of her social media and was basically, you know, had to end her her influencer mommy career. But there are a lot of parents who have outtakes like that, and we have no idea what's happening behind the scenes, uh, and they carry on. Mm-hmm.
1: So, uh, uh, talking about Outtakes, we did some commercial. I was just thinking, we
3: can't. We have to have full disclosure
0: because we've had now. If you're in Congress, Sean, when Sean was in Congress, we had to do ads, and we sometimes used you guys in the commercial, and they always involved a lot of bribery. Though the the day that we shot commercials, happy, come on, come on, do it smart. We did. I mean, we're guilty of that too, and it would always be like, if you guys just get this day, I promise we'll go to Dairy Queen. And I remember when we shot that commercial where you went off to college, we had to do that one. Um, you know, I mean, it's hard. You had a lot of kids and you're trying to, to you, no, no one's, I always, people always go, what's it like to have nine kids? I'm like, I'll tell you what it's like. No one's ever happy, all happy at the same time. And so you can imagine you're trying to shoot a campaign commercial. Your kids are part of the commercial. And, you know, you're, you're bribing kids all the time with Barbies, with lip gloss, with, with Dairy Queen. But imagine this. I mean, this so is most, like once it, once or twice were, a year. This is, this is these kids' lives on a weekly basis. These were,
1: these were full day shoots, right? Yeah. And, and the, so the kids are part of some, not part of others. They're really long days that we're tied up in. I want to actually do, I'm going to try to find this video and put it in here. Um, where uh, we have the end product where we all sit on the couch and the kids say different lines. But then we did an outtake of showing how the, the process was made and I'll put in the word. Yeah, as well. We'll, we'll add that to this. Some. Um, and we'll find can, it. Can I take a different, let me take a different, a different take on what happens here with social media. It really is capitalism, right? You have little okay. innovators, um, and innovative families that are like, you know what? We're interesting. You know, we have a following. Let's build the following. Let's create a, a, a little enterprise around our ability to sell products. And ideas and some of them are way more successful than others. Some aren't successful at all, but it really is a small business enterprise that these families are engaging in. Now you might go, well, what do they make? I mean, again, we have a lot of people who don't want to be scientists or mathematicians. They don't want to get the real school. And they're like, I want to actually be an influencer because I can talk about my life and myself and sell products. And, and, and you really give nothing back to society you really. Yeah. advancing the cause of our culture. Um, but Um I don't disagree
0: little- with that. They, I, I s- little- I've seen some influencers that I'm like looking at their lives. Some of these women, Evita, you know them, that are on farms and they're showing their life. And, and some of it's fake, but some of it's real, and some of it's fascinating to
3: me. And they're selling
0: products that I actually go, I can use that.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it's hard to... It- <laughs> There are a lot of mommy influencers who influence other moms, but they're really cautious and they never show their child's face or they're farm influencers, but they they talk about themselves and they talk about their work and what they do, or even maybe their kids, but in a vague way to really protect them. And I don't have a problem with that. I think if you want to be an influencer and you're a mom and you want to make money on the side, uh, there's no problem. But it's it's when you start to exploit your kids and how cute they are and and their day-to-day lives and exposing personal things about them growing up that they probably wouldn't want on you know in the public square that then things start to become um less cut and dry on how moral it is we'll have more of this
0: conversation after this
4: Don't let your hard-earned savings go unhedged. Call St. Joseph Partners or go to our joint website, kitchengold.net, not .com. That is kitchengold.net and protect your wealth. So I think, I don't know if I told you this, i am not on social media
1: very often, but whenever I get on, I'm like, this is so amazingly addictive and you can pass time and it's fascinating, the videos that you see. He
0: went to the airport once and he called me and he's like, you won't believe what I did. I just spent like 30 minutes. An hour on. Or whatever. And he's like, I just was looking at reels. He had never done that before. And
1: I'm like, it was really kind of, it was really fun. And it was really interesting. And the time passed quickly, right? Passed quickly. I was waiting for my flight. I'm like, no wonder this is so addictive. But this is a different story. So I did this again. This was like a 20 minute. I had a blow and I'm scrolling through and I got this ad in the middle. It wasn't, it wasn't an influencer ad, but it was an ad in my feed and they were selling this little it was a, it could it could suck or it could blow this little gun. They they said this is the perfect thing to clean out your car. And it had these little attachments that gets all these little nooks and crannies. It can blow it out and suck it up and then your car's gonna be clean. I
0: can't believe and you right. felt for this because I've I never wap- seen you wash my car. Like I, I don't understand where
1: it's from I watched the video and I'm like, that's amazing. What was the sham I was like the Shamwell guy who was <laughs> selling this 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 oh, I this that. device and I was like, I think I need one. And but why, well, can, I, can I just say, I
0: why, because you don't wash the car. Like, I would love it. Like, if you were a car washer, I'd be like, yes, that, great. Like, he, he loves to wash the car.
1: See, here's the thing. It was inspirational. I, is, I aspire to clean my cars more, <laughs> and I thought this would help inspire me to get out there and do it. And so, as part of that inspiration, I'm like, I need this little vacuum sucker blower device. And I bought it. And it was really easy. I took a couple clicks. And then I, ke- I kept asking. I'm like, hey, is it my- did I get scammed? And when did my when did my it come loan- It didn't can- come
0: in for a long time. It I didn't come that. in. It finally came in, and I Have right. even opened as I saw. It just came in this week, and it was like in a little box. And I yeah, I was expecting something much bigger and no, interesting. No, it was small.
1: So uh, it's charging right now. So I can report back how my first Instagram purchase, often ad, worked. Never did, like I'm not an Instagram guy, and then I saw the ad. and I'm like. I don't know if I'm like one of the millions of people who just get sucked into this thing and start buying. Like, yeah, we, I don't we, buy
0: what, from Instagram. What's the one, scam. what's the,
1: the, the TV station where they just sell stuff? What is it? QVC. Yeah, QVC. Is this like QVC? Like they just pitch stuff and I'm like a QVC shopper now? I don't know. Uh, maybe, but I'm going to tell you how good this little, little vacuum for my well, car we'll is supposed to work.
0: We, we will see. Yeah. It is very, it's very enticing. Um, the videos are quick and they, they get you really quickly. They got me. They got I you. sucked in. You got sucked in. Um, I love if that. you bring this home for us, what's what's a, what's what should we learn from this? From the social influencers, the, the what's happening to the tween years, how they're changing, on um, sort of the homogenization of of, of childhood experiences.
1: Uh, what's your take? And, do, and the final uh, question, Evita, is how do we address it? Not as a, we can't change the culture, but as a, as families. What do you think families can do differently to make sure we're protecting our kids from this massive influence that's coming from friends at school on social media, but their own feeds that they see?
3: Yeah, I, I think it's going to be really hard. I think the major thing, which you guys are already doing, is to not let your kids have an iPhone and not let them have social media until they want to buy it themselves or they're out of the house. Um, that, that really is the only way. And then also putting yourself in a community with like-minded parents, because if you do take away the phone and mm-hmm. you say, I want you to, you know, be a real kid, but you send them to a school where the, the their peers are not acting like real kids, um, then you're going to have the same effect. So it's finding a community um with like-minded parents to protect your kids from what's out there. Because I mean, it's, there are, I, I would never yeah, say that I, I had the most idyllic, you know, it was, it was not a, the perfect childhood because I, there was always, you know, a bad, really bad American pop culture, um, I'm saying I didn't have a perfect childhood, but I'm seeing really even stark, bizarre differences from when I was growing up to now when my siblings are growing up that um, I think should be really concerning to everyone. The other thing I'll say is I, there was this great quote, and we didn't really get into it, but there was this great quote that, um, not a quote, but a, something that a, a Christian camp counselor said to me uh, in middle school. I went to a super Catholic summer camp and they said that the girls are growing up too fast and the boys are growing up too slow. And I just think that that is really, really true. And to keep it in mind in your family that, you know, you want to preserve your, your daughter's innocence and also make sure that you're giving your son's responsibility because the culture is, is, is trying to do that to them. Um, and, and it's, it's having a really negative impact. I think the advice that you have, especially about
0: the like-minded friends, it was interesting. We have a fourth grader, a girl and she, she told me the other day, she said, I really want a phone. And I was really surprised because she's actually the most creative. Yeah. She said that to me, uh, Margarita said she wanted a phone and she's the most creative, the one who, you know, you know,
2: she you don't... know,
0: she asked for tape from Santa because she makes so many you know little projects on her own. And she, she's just very um, creative and, and keeps herself busy. And I said, well, why would you want a phone? And she said, not having a phone is really interfering with my social life. And yeah. I said, really? In what way is it interfering? And she said, because all the other kids have phones and, um, they were communicating with each other over break and talking, you know, via text. And I can't do that. And I said, are you saying everybody does? And she goes, well, not everybody. And then she named these two other girls. Well, those two other girls are her best friend. And I thought, oh, okay, good. So if those like-minded parents um, are really helpful for her not to feel isolated. So she has her closest, best friends. Those parents see the world, or at least the dangers of social media and introducing them at too young of an age the way we do. That made me go, it, it just, listen, I wasn't going to change and give her a phone because she said that. But it, it just made it easier when I knew those other other daughters, uh, my other friend's daughters also didn't have them. And uh, so I I think that that's a really, really great point. Um, and I think other parents are looking for support. I think a lot of parents don't want to give their kids the phone. They feel that pressure. And if sure. they, if you reach out to them and go, I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to do it, and I'm not going to do it, they're like, yeah, you know what? It's that kind of um, positive peer pressure, even among adults. To put to draw the line on that is really helpful.
1: So I just quickly we and we got um our fifteen year old, she's like, I want a phone. Dad is, what like, i want a fifteen, this is ridiculous. I want a phone. And so it, it took me a little bit of time, but I, I found a phone that would work as a phone and you could text on it. But it didn't have you did not it, did, it didn't have a web browser. You couldn't buy apps on it. Um, it was pretty limited. You can call and you can text on it. I'm like, perfect. Right. Yeah. And I gave it to her. We gave it to her and she didn't really like it because it's not about actually calling someone or texting someone. It was about, I want to get, on which was how media she was selling
0: the idea of the getting phone. a phone. She's like, I need it because when I'm at school so and I have, to text, I have to text you or if my friends have to text me about homework. And so we're like, all right. So here's your phone with the texting and you can call me if there's an emergency. She wasn't satisfied because deep down, it really was about the apps. And um, i
1: isn't a camera either. A camera and she can't send or share videos and, and, and pictures off the phone. So, But again, I, I was getting concerned about going, hey, listen, if something did happen and she's calling, yeah, I, I it to is to call a state or state text thing. us. Great. We have, but, but you're right. Is, she was selling us on that, but that's not what she wanted it for. <laughs> she wants it for social media. So we peeped her game. We called her out. We called her bluff. <laughs> um, and we're like, sorry, this is what you asked for, this is what you get. Um, and she
0: does find ways to get around that. She co- uses her older sister's phone. I find her sometimes on the computer, and I have to reprimand her. But, I mean, look, I'm trying the best I and, can. And
1: I, and I think this my takeaway is as this technology evolves and as advertisers find new and creative ways to use technology to influence and access our kids... Um, we can't, we can't stay in the mindset of when Avita was a little girl. We have to be innovators ourselves as parents. We got to keep innovating with the times and figure out how we continue to protect our children from the new attacks that come from, you know, what, what is now social media, but who knows what it's going to be five or eight years.
0: And I also think like just flipping the way you're thinking about it. So it's not that you're saying no to your child. It's not that you're, and and it can feel that way because they definitely want to make you feel like you're robbing them of something or you're, you're, you're being so strict. You're not letting them, you know, be like other people. You have to, in your own mind, have the confidence as a parent and trust your gut and go, no, what I'm doing is I am saving and preserving your childhood. Mm-hmm. Um, because every other cultural force out there, whether it's social media, TV, Hollywood, um, you know, you name it, even your kids school. Um, with all the, all the inappropriate sex ed out there. Every other force out there is trying to rob your child of their childhood, of their right to innocence, um, and to creativity and to, to that, that, that beautiful period of time where you don't have adult pressures and they're trying to put consumerism, materialism, um, uh, uh, sex ed, everything onto a period of life, um, where up until very recently, um, it was reserved um, for them to explore and, and 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 be children, and so it is our job to preserve their innocence, preserve their childhood, protect them from all these forces you know, I, that are trying to rob them of that. What, what
1: I actually tell them, I don't know if you heard me say this. I'm like, listen, God gave me a job to be your dad, and I don't want to answer to God one day to go, I didn't do my job. Um And I, I know you want to do this. I know. I, and again, I, if we were friends, maybe I'd let you do it, but I have a job to protect you and to make sure I'm having an impact on the things you have seen, the things that you do that are age appropriate. And that's my job as, as your father. And you and have I'm, to
0: answer for it. I have heard you say and that. And let me
1: tell you what, I'm going to do my job as your father because I'm not gonna answer for not doing my job because you're the gift that was given to me. I have not heard them strongly argue back or push back against me on that. It's like this yeah. is about this is about what I have to do and the responsibility that I have as your dad. We're not friends, yeah. I'm papa. Yeah. <laughs> Papa has a role here and it's you're to right. make to sure You're
0: going to die one day, Sean, and you're going to have to answer, answer for,
1: for,
3: to, for to God for, to whether yeah, you get your job it. or not. I was
2: gonna
0: yeah. just
3: going to add that so, sometimes there are a lot of concerns about the iPhone. We we really focus on kids, but there's also, I mean, dad said he's wasted 30 minutes on or an hour on reels. Yeah. Uh, it can be bad for adults too. And they're also collecting yes. information on us via our iPhones about what our preferences and likes are. Um, They... they There's entire illegal databases that the feds have collected on individuals. And we don't know what the purpose is. And so a colleague of mine actually said, you know, I'm concerned about the data collection um, for myself. And I also don't want my my daughter to have this iPhone for all of the reasons that we've just expressed. And so for those two reasons, he said, you know what? My wife and I are going to lead by example. And they bought themselves dumb phones. And they said, if it's good enough for my my kid, it's, it's good enough for us. And that's what we're going to do. And some people have jobs and they can't have dumb phones and they have to have their iPhone. And that's yeah, fine. I wish I um, wish I could. But, but for a lot of people, that is an option. Um, and it's worked out really well for him. The By the way, phone,
1: a dumb phone is like the old school flip phone. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Flip yeah. Phone, it dials and you might have a hard time hitting the three buttons to get a letter on a, on the text. But yeah, it is, it is, it is dumb, but it works as a phone.
0: And also, you read such a great point because a lot of people don't realize that in school, uh, you know, a lot of these tech companies, they seem like, oh, they're so great. They're donating iPads to the school. Um, this idea of kids on iPads during school, first of all, I think it's the wrong way to learn. But if there is a lot of data collection that's going on um, for sure, that way your your child, um, both on their phone, but on their iPads and
3: computers at school, are the product. Um, the CEOs and the creators yeah. of, of tech companies and, and, and apps. You, there's a really interesting documentary and articles about how they do not allow their children to have phones. They don't let them have apps. So oh, like, I know. If the creators of the apps or the CEOs of the tech companies are not letting their children have an iPhone, why are we letting ours? Yeah, there's that's a
1: there's a, point. there's a, just talking about dumb phones. And I think I might have mentioned this before in the podcast. Um, but there's y- young dating adults in their twenties that have two phones. One is the dumb phone and one is their smartphone. And when they go out, they bring their dumb phones. Um, which, but well, there's been a, a, a resurgence of the sales of the dumb phone because they don't want to sit there and they know the attraction and just sit, you know, at the at the bar or whatever whatever they are at the party and looking at their phones. They they want to stay in contact, so they take the dumb phones out with them there's been an explosion in sales of the dumb phone because oh. there's a there's a there's a knowledge of young people that are going out and being social of what their smartphone is doing to them, which is I well, it becomes it
0: becomes a crutch and I've seen this especially with young men who are very insecure um socially and what they'll do is they'll use the phone as a crutch. So instead of, you know, they may even be in a group setting and they just may be nervous and they'll go to their phone or they're walking, you know, done, um, you I've know, done at done. school. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's a way it's like where you feel uncomfortable because everyone feels uncomfortable in an unfamiliar situation or they're, were a little insecure, putting themselves out there. So if they just are looking down on their phone or put their earbuds on, it's a way to manage social anxiety, and it becomes a crutch, and they stop stop growing socially because of that. I, th- I think that's one of the one of the biggest
3: problems. I see it a lot, especially with young men. Hmm. I don't know if the, I don't know if I told just the story already, but I once I went into. A Dunkin Donuts to buy some coffee and um one of our one of my little sisters came in and she wanted me to get her something and I tell, stop me if I said the story already last week but I said okay that's fine go and tell her what you want to the the person at the, at the register and she was like basically no you had to do it for me and this is a this is a teenage girl she she'd be able to order by herself and I said I'm fine buying it for you, but I'm not going to buy it for you unless you order it for yourself. And she got, right. she got mad and she stormed off into the car. But to, that, that we have teenagers who are afraid to order their own food, uh, I think is a, is a really- This is a big problem. I didn't know Th- that. No, no. This is a problem, that, this is
0: a problem that, that is beginning to be identified, which is they, they communicate so much via text that they're losing these social skills. In fact, there is a woman, we highlighted her on Fox. She's making a killing. Basically, parents are sending them to her They're and she, her. their kids to her, and she's training them on how to use, how to have good phone etiquette. So the, and even companies are sending some of their young employees to her and she's making a killing, basically teaching young people how to have phone etiquette and not be afraid of ordering or 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 speaking on the phone uh, but this is a this is a major thing where you know when we were kids or i would say young adults even to get your money you had to go to the bank everything is on your phone you never have to speak to a human again and so people are not learning how to speak to human and i think it's it it's interfering with you know eye contact it's less they're not learning how to read social body language um, the way we, maybe our generation did because she had to. Um, so we're losing just the basics on social skills, uh, because of the phone. So yeah, the phone is becoming a crutch and it's having all kinds of consequences. And, and we need to just be aware of it.
1: This is a problem we're going to continue to grapple with as a society, um, yeah. as a culture and as parents. Um, and we'll continue to have this debating conversation, uh, you know, as we kind of navigate. Again, we navigated it not so much with the with Avita because again this was not a problem, but as with as the young ones come up, um we'll continue to do throws on this. Vita, uh if you have a final word, you can give it to me. Otherwise I'm gonna say goodbye to you. What one final thought?
3: Nope, that I think
0: it was a great convo. How about nine-year-olds don't need skincare routines? That? Let's just leave it on that. 13-year-olds yeah, don't know. No, don't, they, 10-year-olds 10-year-olds and 13 no year olds b- should be able to do it. All right.
1: All right, listen, Avita, thank you for joining us on the podcast. Uh, listen, if you like a podcast, please rate, review, subscribe. Wherever you get your podcast. you can always find us at foxnewspodcast.com. Please subscribe, get your notice whenever our podcasts drop. Um, until next time, Avita, thank you. Rachel, good to see you. Sorry about my little vacate there. Oh, no, I I'm, glad the
0: <laughs> we I'm glad the microwave is broken. I'm glad six. Thank you. Thanks for stepping out for that. All right. Bye, bye everybody. everybody. Listen ad free with a Fox News podcast plus subscription on Apple Podcasts, and Amazon Prime members can listen to the show ad free on the Amazon music app.